0: Hi, welcome to law pod where the QUB Gender Network. I'm Nicola Parks. And I'm Amy Coulter. We're a gender steering committee that campaigns and focuses on women's issues on campus. This year, our themes are women in the criminal justice
1: system. So if you like what we say, then like us on Facebook and Instagram. Today we're going to be doing a review on the RBG documentary at the Queen Solemn Theatre and ahead of the viewing on the 10th of January at 6pm that's going to have a panel which will include Honourable Mrs Justice Keegan, the Chair of the Law Society Suzanne Rice, Dr Catherine McNeely from QUB School of Law who contributed to the feminist judgments and we just want to say a huge thank you to QFT for hosting and organising this event. So RGB is about Justice
0: Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is currently serving on the US Supreme Court. She is a judge who has cared and advocated for feminist issues for over two decades, three decades. Um, And
1: she is still currently fighting for gender equality. So we went to see the film on Friday at the premiere at the QFT and-
0: It was amazing. I had the full intention of going and writing so many notes. However, halfway through, I kind of forgot about that because I was just so focused on what she was saying and how she kind of went through her entire life.
1: She's incredible and she's an incredible role model. Yeah, both of us, we came in with our pens and we just, we scribbled for about the first half an hour and then literally we just sat eyes wide open. And I think the thing we said to both of us afterwards was how inadequate we felt (laughs) She has an incredible work ethic like it kind of made me feel slightly inferior Um, I don't know when she sleeps She doesn't, it says that she works all week and then she catches up for her sleep on the weekend I could not do it No and she went through her law school career with a young child and her sick husband doing all of her work, doing his work He was also a student at Harvard Law as well and she somehow was able to make the Harvard, Law, Harvard Review. Law Review in her second year. And I can hardly keep up with my deadlines. I know. So, the biggest thing that we found after the film was what actually Ruth Bader Ginsburg means to be a feminist in the 21st century. Even though she's 84 years old, she still relates to feminism in society today. It's, she still is very current and very relevant
0: in what she's doing and the work she, that she's doing as well. She's a meme. She's she a notorious
1: RBG. Yeah. She has t-shirts. And mugs. And mugs. <laughs> she, um, the first thing that hit me was whenever, it was like not very long into the film, like five minutes into the film, and she said that her mum always taught her to be ladylike. And I think as contemporary feminist of stuff today, we have been taught to hate that word. as in Yeah, I wasn't sure where that was going. Yeah. Like, there's, I don't know, there's such kind of, There
0: are connotations that I don't necessarily want to associate with with
1: ladylike. But then she went on to teach us that being ladylike means not to give in to emotions, that instead of reacting in anger, you're going to lose an opportunity to teach someone. And I think that was really reflected in her relationships with her adversaries, like Justice Scalia, who she has befriended, and there became the most unlikely friendship ever. And she says that she felt like she was... Teaching kindergarten, whenever she was, wasn't that whenever she was? was <laughs> yeah, when she was trying to
0: debate and discuss with slightly more right-leaning people, um, she kind of and people on the Supreme Court as well. She kind of felt like she was leading them
1: through like kindergartners. Yeah, I think that relates a lot to what feminism means in the 21st century because I think one of the biggest struggles people face with saying they're a feminist is people have this image of like stereotyping burn your bra, like, like you hate all men. Mm, this constantly
0: angry person yeah. that always has something to fight against and yeah. is almost slightly unreasonable yeah. in their kind of quest.
1: Yet she was this timid, shy... Like, I went in not really knowing much about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and I imagined her to be this, like, ferocious, like leader and yet she was so she everybody really reserved yeah everybody Mm. said about how she was like you you could hardly like spark an emotion out of her she was quiet yet she was able to like move the women's rights movement by like just her writing and how she speaks and just also I think it's a love story between her and her husband
0: I really I really found that um the idea of being later, like, interesting in terms of how people react today to different discourses and narratives. Um, And I think everyone has, is angry about something and doesn't necessarily approach things with the kind of calmness and rationality that she does. And I think that's one thing that everyone should and needs to take away with them is how to talk to someone you don't necessarily agree with without shouting and screaming and punching walls and... Whatever else. yeah,
1: I think that was seen in her um dissenting opinion of Trump, and she was <laughs> she was she but then she came back and she apologized. like I think like that I, that that would be hard to do. Mm. <laughs> and she was able to do that with grace. Mm. and she's able to like move an entire courtroom with being so still and so like whenever they said that she was never supposed to be the great dissenter. Yet she's been able to come in here and, whenever she writes a, f- a judgment, whenever she writes a, dis- a dissent in judgment, like the internet explodes. Mm. And she's very dignified about it. Yeah. Like she's managed to kind of
0: go high in the words of Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of, she
1: represents that, and I think um, we need that now more than ever. Definitely, she's definitely an inspiration. I think like any any male or female should definitely go and see the film in all aspects, especially like what we said with her worth ethic, like I came out wanting to go straight to the library and never sleep and just work as hard as I can. I felt that, although that did not happen. No, I went straight to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I think as well, one of the biggest things that we felt from the film was her relationship with her husband. Mm. It was a very equal relationship, which I think people
0: still struggle with now. Like at times... She did stay home and she looked after her child and she looked after her husband and that was that very kind of stereotyped role that she fit into. But then other times it was reversed. Her husband stayed at home and allowed her to focus on her career without any kind of resentment
1: or hate towards her. Yeah, she followed him because they both went to Harvard and he graduated and then he got a job in New York as a tax lawyer and so she left Harvard, picked up her life and moved... And to New York to follow him and then graduate from Columbia. So sweet. And then she was able to like follow him as in he was didn't he, wasn't he noted as one of the best tax lawyers yeah. in the whole of New York? Which is like really saying something. She followed him and then she whenever her time came, whenever the women's rights movement came, he recognized that this was important and took a step back, which is amazing to do. Mm. Which to be that selfless mm. for another person. Like I don't know if half the men out there would be comfortable today with stepping back and letting their wife be the sole breadwinner. Yeah. And that was able to be accomplished in the 1950s. Like, that's amazing. Mm.
0: It was incredible. Like, I still think there are people that cling on to those ideas of where women should be in society and within their own lives. And I think she didn't have any expectation of what she wanted her life to be, and she just did what she was good at which I think everyone should do. Yeah, she if you're said, good at something, go for it.
1: She said she just fell in love with the law and it all followed. I also think that he is a big role model for feminism for males as well. Yeah, and like, how it can be done and how it should be done. Yeah, and that it's not about this power struggle between the two sexes. It's about equal opportunities everywhere. And respect.
0: Yeah. Like, it was so evident in the f- documentary that he respected her as a human being, because of what she was doing, because who she was. And they were very different personalities. He was really funny and really loud and um, verbose. And she was very reserved and calm and shy. And they balanced each other out
1: well. Yeah, because I think that was really evident whenever President Clinton, she was on the list to be the nominee for the Supreme Court. And didn't she say on the list at the start, she was like, 26 choice. She was like they thought she was too old, there was no point. And then Marty became her like cheerleader. And Mm. he He became her
0: publicist. Like he
1: pushed her as for that job. Yeah, she said he was the only reason that she got to number one. And then obviously President Clinton said he knew within 15 minutes. Mm. But she said without him, she would never have got Mm. there. Which I think is amazing for her to be this feminist icon. But she has no inability to show that mm-hmm. you know, they both needed each other and they both were instrumental in making each other. Mm. It, there's no struggle there for competitivism to be better than each other. It's just mutual respect and love. It was amazing to watch, and I think it would
0: be the ideal for anyone.
1: Oh, yeah. I was slightly
0: jealous. <laughs> I know! <laughs> Going back to your point about um, the, like, the question of her being nominated... For the Supreme Court. It was interesting that people thought that she was too old for it. Um, and looking back now, it seems ridiculous that that should even yeah, come up it, because she was still so ferocious in. She still is? Yeah, in how she goes about her work. Like, yeah. there's pretty much no stopping
1: her. I feel like there's this massive ageism whenever it comes to females where it's non existent for men. Like, right now, she's still being. Like doubted on if she can do this mm. job because she's quite old and like whenever Obama was in presidency, she was pushed to resign so he could assign another liberal judge and so she that refused. They could live forever. Live forever, outlive Trump. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully she does. Praying. Yeah. Um. But I don't remember if there's ever been any meal that has been questioned. There's
0: never any doubt that they can always you know keep up with
1: their work
0: as they get older. They can just keep on going. And they're never questioned about the quality of their work. Yeah. And I think as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, gets older, there is that question of the quality of what she's doing. And especially now when you have, you know, competing right wing mm-hmm. theories,
1: you
0: know, um, it's hard to...
1: yeah. There's this assumption, I think, that women will want to slow down later in life and, you know, spend time with their children and their grandchildren, which, of course, in the film, it shows that she has a great relationship with her children, especially her granddaughter. But that men, their work is their life and they're only going to do it until the day they die. But it's not the same for women. And I think it's really poignant in the very first question of the movie is how's your health? And she repeats, I'm fine. And it shows so much of her. She, get, she must get so tired she does, of like, answering that question. She 20 push-ups a day. I can barely do one. I can't do one. Like, so I think she was showing that she is and she's going to do this job until she can and she's fit and able to do it.
0: And, and I actually am really angry at the, when I think back at her life's work, to then have people question her and to question the quality of her work and to question whether she can still do it is just so outrageous.
1: Yeah, I think it's strange. How could you ever doubt someone that has achieved this much? Like, she changed the life for American women and for women everywhere. It seems that you just can't win.
0: No. Like, even if you become, you know, a justice on the Supreme Court, you still have to prove yourself. You still have to fight against all your other co-workers or all your other male peers. And that just, to me, isn't very fair.
1: And one of the biggest things that was most important was a film that was how well Ruth Bader Ginsburg represents judicial diversity and representation. As in, the judiciary is always filled with your typical affluent, white...
0: Male privilege. Yeah,
1: patriarchy. And how that ever is represented in today's society is beyond... such a limited perspective, like
0: they all come from the, a relatively similar background as well. And they, although their experiences might differ, they all represent the same perspective. Yeah. That doesn't account for intersectionality within the society, with um,
1: growing diversity. Yeah, and it's hardly ever anyone that stands in front of the court is of their similar background. So how they're ever supposed to, have, you know, subjectively try and put themselves in those footsteps and understand the limited options that there were to these people whenever their backgrounds differ so much. And I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg represents that. She
0: kind of approached the judiciary with a whole new experience, with a whole new perspective that she was able to offer. And in the first kind of couple of trials that she um, represented, she was had this outlandish idea that women were discriminated against yeah. and it was more subtle than racism. It was this pervasive discrimination that was felt but was never really acknowledged before
1: now. She painted this picture as women as a minority group. And do you remember whenever there's the part of the judges saying, Well, what more do you want? You know, can we mm. not put a woman in the face of the dollar? Like you know, like and the the woman that was asking her the questions asked her, you know, how do you respond to that? And that's whenever she realizes that, you know, this is that discrimination against women is so subtle and Mm. yet it's so powerful. And I think that's relevant in the cases that she took. Remember it said in a part where she decided that she would do like a patchwork quilt of like cases Mm -hmm. that meant different things. And she would try and paint this picture And she chose cases that not only was women were discriminated against men as well. She was
0: focusing on getting gender equality. Yeah,
1: that it wasn't just this women's rights issue, that women's rights affects everyone Mm -hmm. and it affects men as well with that. Remember the social security case? Yeah,
0: so it was this um, man who had lost his wife during childbirth, but his child was completely healthy. And so he wanted to access... um, I think it was single mother benefits. Yes, yeah, social security. But obviously yeah. he wasn't a single mother, so he was excluded from that um, social
1: welfare. Yet if it had been him that had have died, his wife would have been able to get those benefits and there would be no questions asked. So she was trying to show that... the It affects everyone. It affects everyone. If you don't give equal rights to women, you're effectively not giving any equal rights. Yeah. And I think that still shows today. I think not recently she referenced her own opinion in the um, VMI case, remember? Yeah. And she has this, like, league of supporters now from this VMI. It's like the Military Institute. The Virginia Military Institute, um,
0: where 20 years ago they would only accept um, boys. However, the state of Virginia had um, outlawed a single-sex education. Yeah. Which, funnily enough, only the women, the girls' institutions had to be co-educational then, but
1: it didn't include VMI. Because this was this prestigious white male academy where it was, like, painted a picture of manliness. Like, the images they show you are of the commanding officer screaming... In the cadets' faces, and you know, recognizing that women could never with like yeah, how this. could you know, yeah. girly women compete with that? Yeah, women are going to burst into tears if you scream in their face. Mm-hmm. Like they're never going to be able to withhold this. But it took Ruth to kind of say, "This is wrong," for them,
0: for the Supreme Court to recognize that. Yeah, this is not equality.
1: And if we didn't have judicial diversity, if that was a panel of white men sitting up there, they would, they would, they wouldn't be able to empathize with a woman and realise that women aren't these frail, weak, passive Mm. little objects that if you shout at them or they're not going to be able to withstand the physical aspects of it, if we didn't have her, those cases Mm. probably would end up very different. I think she definitely opened up the floodgates
0: for the issue of judicial representation to be acknowledged. And I think we still have a long way to go. Like I think there's still only one woman...
1: Yeah, she's not the only woman in the Supreme on Court On the Supreme I.
0: Court. But I did actually read a really nice article on C- from CNN that said that s- somewhere in Texas had nominated, like, 19 black women onto to be judges. Yeah, It's nice. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that that reflects everywhere. And I no. think even our um, Supreme Court yeah, still we were has to be desired.
1: Yeah, we were likening her with Lady Hale. And she's mm. our version of our notorious RBG. She, mm. although...
0: I don't think she has the kind of celebrity status that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has, though. No. I think it's only, you're only aware of La- Lady Hale if, if you're, you're in the sector, yeah. which I think is really sad because she is an incredible woman
1: yes. and should be recognised as such. Because this morning we were discussing, she'd recently wrote a, was it a judgment or an article on judicial diversity yeah. and how we still have a long way to go here, as in there is no one in our Supreme Court that represents any minority groups mm. at the moment. So how are they supposed to reflect this and or reflect society as a whole, especially with everything that is going on in society right now, especially as well in America with the Trump mm. administration. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and I think that's, I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg's celebrity and she is an icon. Really touched me in a way because I think she brings such a humanity to a period of, to me, apparent darkness. Yeah. Like
1: we're just praying she outlives the Trump yeah. administration because she's like the beacon of light she on is, that.
0: She represents humanity and what it should and could be. And even when I think about our own justice system, where we have people like that, people who fight for um, people in poverty, who fight for people struggling to you know, immigrate here,
1: um we don't celebrate them no with our refugee crisis it's not seen it's not seen as a crisis it's seen as this problem this mm. like where we're not treating these people as humans that need help I
0: I think there is like an issue with immigration but I really dislike the home secretary's words of migration crisis because yeah these are people these yeah. are people that are fleeing away from
1: persecution and discrimination and we should be helping them. Yes, yeah, she represents this idea of humanity where we are treating these people that need our help as actual humans fleeing uh, problems and crisis, not these numbers. And mm.
0: that's what I really struggle with. I find it absolutely disgusting how the government is treating our institutions and the people who use them with utter contempt. Um, and even with the funding cuts that the criminal justice system has had to deal with that's evident of how they dis- they almost despise the institutions themselves the government aren't treating the criminal justice system with respect, and that just shows that they don't care for the people who the vulnerable people in society who use it and who need it um, if you take legal aid funding that was cut tremendously. And so you have small and medium fir- legal firms closing because they can't remain solvent. And who is going to represent the you know, the vulnerable people in society? Yeah, if we don't have these heroes of legal aid and we don't have judicial reversity, like... But the government doesn't even seem to be incentivised to fix that. Yeah, that's definitely not a priority at the moment. And in terms of funding cuts as well... Um, That applies to women in the criminal justice system as well, um, which I also don't really think is fit for purpose. There's no kind of differentiation in the criminal justice system for men and women. Um, and we have very different problems, and they shouldn't.
1: They should be treated as such. Yeah, there's these gender differences, and people don't recognise it. These gender differences don't mean biological differences. Whenever a woman is a victim, she's not reacting because her gender is telling her she's hysterical. And she's victimised in a certain way. Yeah, she's seen as this emotional train wreck, this like slave to her emotions. She's not seen as someone who has went through complex issues from the socioeconomic background that she came from and I think it was really interesting actually in the documentary
0: there was um, Ruth was trying a case uh, before the Supreme Court and one of the justices said oh I thought you wanted gender equality why are you asking for difference now for women and I think that is kind of sums up the problem here we We should aim for gender equality, but that doesn't mean neglecting and ignoring the differences that we have. But women have different experiences and that should be acknowledged, that should be handled and treated with respect and dignity.
1: Yeah, the only way to create a criminal justice system that is fit for purpose is to... Make it fit for everyone that it affects women and children Mm. and men, and everyone has different experiences of how they got in there, and that a woman's experience is completely different from how a man traveled the pathway to crime, and that's not asking for any extra help, any extra special treatment. Treatment for women, it's just different treatment. Yeah, it's just different, and it needs to be fit to purpose everyone. And I think that's really poignant with today's society, especially here, with the prevalence of just the Ulster Rugby rape trial that just happened.
0: And I think that raises a good point to end on, um, that we can pursue activism for women through the legal system, through litigation. There are ways that we can fight back, not just burning bras and
1: being angry. Yeah, I think that fits in with what was said in the film, is that Ruth fueled the revolution with lawsuits instead of protests, that she believed in incremental progress instead of bold gestures. And I think that really leads back to what she's saying about being a lady, as in that doesn't mean that you need to sit there quietly to be seen and not heard. It just means that instead of responding with anger, because more than likely no one will listen to you, respond in a teachable way and to show people the injustices as she said all she asked for the patriarchy is to take their feet off our necks so in the words of Ruth Bader Ginsburg be a lady thank you very much we hope you enjoyed what you heard and we hope to see you at the panel on the 10th where there will be great discussion
0: you have been listening to LawPod an informed take on current events brought to you by the law students and staff at Queen's University Belfast this episode was produced by myself Nicola Parks and Amy Coulter our theme music is by Colonel Chocolate and the Justice Triangle LawPod is funded by Queen's Law School and the Queen's Annual Fund. You can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at QUB LawPod. For more information, you can also visit our website, lawpod.org. And please have a look in the show notes for more information about the topics covered today. You can find us on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. This was LawPod.